Hey everybody and welcome to the 24th episode of the Open One podcast and I've got Joy Warren joining me this time and I've actually spoken to Joy a few times so if you want to catch our previous interviews go to my website traviscook.uk and search for fluoride and you can see the previous interviews I've done with Joy where we unpacked not only all of the dangers about fluoride but also a lot of the successes that we have had fighting back against fluoride and there's been about 50 over the past six decades roughly and you can find all of that brilliant information on in our previous episodes and get a bit of inspiration and enlightenment about the fact that we can make a change here. We don't have to accept what the government are doing just because they act like they have the power. They don't. We have the power. And if we don't comply, they can't do anything. So, Joy, welcome to the show. Thank you, Travis. So would you like to just, first, anyone who might not have heard about you before, give us a bit of an introduction on what it is you do and, and why people come to you to hear about fluoride. I think they think I'm the expert. I'm a specialist in water studies. Um, um, I've got a degree in environmental science, and I've been fighting fluoridation since 2003, which is a long time, 20-year anniversary this year. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it's such an infuriating issue because we all know, those of us who are against it, we know we're, we're right, and it's horrible to know that the government's just ignoring everything we're trying to tell them. That anyway, like the, the government. Um, I'm the national coordinator for the Fluoride Free Alliance UK, and that's been going for about three years. It's changed name in the meantime, but um, Fluoride Free sounds good because um, it brings us into um, the stable of all those other uh, groups throughout the world which are fluoride free um, and that, which are fighting this uh, particularly nasty, stubborn intervention. Absolutely. Fact, what is fluoride? Water fluoridation yes. is the careful measurement uh, <clears throat> of fluoride into drinking water at one milligram per litre. A milligram is a millionth of a kilo. doesn't sound very much, but when we are talking about atoms and elements, we are looking at very, very tiny things. And if you think one milligram, um, which is added to one litre of water, is small, just think about the maximum allowable for arsenic, which is 10 micrograms, which is an order of 100 less than the milligram. So we are going very, very small here. And 10 micrograms of arsenic is carcinogenic. And we don't get that much in our drinking water, but it is added when fluoridation chemical is added because it's part of the fluoridating acid, which is used. It's a very cheap acid to bring into the country. It's the least expensive way they can do it. I mean, if we want to have sodium fluoride, that's a bit uh, more refined. There's not so many nasties in it, even though, even so, it's fluoride, and we don't really want to drink fluoride. Um, where does the UK source its fluoride? I was told when I asked um, DWI, as Drinking Water Inspectorate, that it's uh, bought from Israel Chemicals Limited, which has a phosphate manufactory in the Negev Desert, which is about 100 kilometres inland from the Black Sea. So we're literally putting, or they want to put a industrial waste product, uh, product chemical into our water supply. Now, why would the government, a loving, trusted government, want to do that? I mean, I'm sure some of us have an idea on that. We won't get into that right now, but we just will focus on the on the facts of why we don't want it. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> well, so there, there we you go. are. See, so we're getting 10% of England is already fluoridated using this 
fluoridating acid from the Negev desert. And the intention, according to Matt Hancock two years ago, was that 100% uh, of, Eng of uh, England would be fluoridated. I don't think it'll ever happen. I mean, because they all, the politicians live and breathe in London, they're not going to poison themselves, are they? Only if they're severely blackmailed or stupid. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, so. it's a three-line problem, unfortunately. The 1985 Act, which legalised fluoridation, um, it, uh, it passed, like, for example, 120 MPs in favour, 80 against, and 400 abstentions. You're not telling me that it's legal. Uh, these, these 400 MPs were told they had to, to vote in favour of legalising fluoridation. 400 decided not to. They defied the whip, but they couldn't vote against the, the uh, legalization of it. So for, since 1985, it's been it's been legal. And uh, unjustly so, as far as I can see, because the majority of the House of Commons did not vote for it. Yeah, and even still, since they it's been made, there's been various success from different regions and towns in stopping attempts to roll out fluoride, right? Because even with it being legal or in 1985 uh, or supposedly legal, people have fought back against it successfully. So, Yes, we have. We have. Um, Southampton was a particularly interesting one, though, because uh, the majority of people were against fluoridation when it came to the public consultation. Um, I think of 72% of those who submitted their opinions um, were against um, but because they did not cite um, sound research and references, um, they were ignored. There's no point just saying, I don't want to be fluoridated, full stop. That is no argument, because the people in favour will cite their references. So we have to do the same. Yes. So after Southampton, Southampton didn't, didn't go through because uh, the change... Uh, from strategic health authorities to public health England kind of sort of chopped off the desire to fluoridate. Southern Water never signed a contract. And then um, strategic health authority decided that they really ought to have included another small area in that part of the country next to Southampton. And because it didn't, they realised they'd have to do another public consultation. So by 2014, 2013, when the power went from strategic health authorities to public health England, um, Southampton was home and dry. It never, never got fluoridated. That's awesome. And, and when was the last time that there was a successful rollout of fluoride in the in England anywhere? Um, we think about 1987. So, yeah. It's been nearly 40 years <laughs> and we we seem to be doing okay. And in okay. the meantime, there have been a couple of places which stopped, but uh, the government doesn't like to admit it. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's why we have to tell people about what's happened, because if they knew that they have the power, they might just stop going along with all this madness. So we've got Bedford Town, uh, Central Bedfordshire, West Cumbria, and a little place called, in, sorry, it's just the three, uh, we, Central Bedfordshire, a little place called Poloxil. Um, and then you've got Bedford Town, and then you've got West Cumbria. We've also stopped it happening completely in Wakefield, Hull, and um, in Lincolnshire, they've stopped because the pipes are not fit for purpose. There are lots of reasons why it's stopped temporarily, yeah. but sometimes it stops almost permanently temporarily. That's what we want. <laughs> <laughs> 
but we actually know we would like the government to say oh okay um we'll we'll reverse the decision and, and terminate the scheme but they'll never do that they say they can because it's written into law but they will never terminate anything because they're, they're just bad losers maybe we can force their hand I Wouldn't wish. that be quite the day? We see It'd that. It'd be lovely, yes. yes. I'm looking forward to it so much. So today we've also got some slides. Well, Joy's got some slides prepared to yeah. everybody. <laughs> and a uh, big part of this is because the first section that the government's looking to target, because if you haven't been made aware already, they are trying to fluoridate the whole country. It's the Northeast. So what, what's happening, Joy? Right, we're still waiting for the Department of Health and Social Care and uh, the Office for Health Improvements and Disparities to announce a three-month public consultation for the North East. And that is where I'm going to open a slide, if I can. Okay. There we are. Right, so if the government gets this way and they are very biased in favour of fluoridation, um, the yellow mustard colour area right from Berwick-on-Tweed on the Scottish border right down to Redcar on the east coast right across to the east um, to the North Sea and then a little place called Alston in um, northeast Cumbria actually looks as though it's actually in east Cumbria it's actually at the top of the Weirdale and because of the way the water runs in the pipes and because that particular town receives its water from the Northumbrian water um, that is destined to be fluoridated. Um, at the moment, parts of Northumberland are already fluoridated and um, a little bit of North Durham, County Durham, is fluoridated. But apart from that, Tyne and um, Sunderland, South Tyneside, Cleveland, Redcar, Darlington, Middlesbrough and Stockton-on-Tees, plus Elston, are threatened. 1.6 million people. And they will be asked to submit their views. Um, how we get hold of 1.6 million people to do that is a mystery, but we're working on it. Hmm. Yes, and uh, should they be successful in this, then it's the rest of the country. So it'd be very pivotal that anybody who doesn't want fluoride in the water is a part of the movement to stop it happening here. Oh, I've already gone through that already, but let's let see that these are the threatened places. So there you go, but water fluoridation public consultation will run for three months. That's calendar months. Um, residents will be invited to submit their views to the Department of Health and Social Care. Submissions must be accompanied by references to research or other credible um, credible sources, not by by way not to our website, which is ukfaa.org.uk. We don't want that reference. Everything on that website and on the the special website we set up um, must must point to the people who write the research, not to the host of that uh, that research. You must quote your references. Um, individuals who live in this threatened area, organisations throughout, we don't know. It doesn't actually say national organisations in the in the regulations. It just says organisations. So I'd imagine anybody in Australia who's an organisation could submit <laughs> their views. Um, 
it's, it's interesting to see if it'd be accepted, but I hope it would, because the regulations do not rule them out. So organizations with a view about water fluoridation submit their views throughout England, at least. And people, individuals who live outside the Northeast should not submit their views, but they can send their views to their friends for their friends to submit if they feel like that, doing that. So the same person could submit multiple answers to the consultation? I hope not. That wouldn't be fair, would it? No, yeah, if, so... you, if, you, if you're living as an individual in the West Midlands and you've got seven friends in the Northeast, you can do seven references to referrals to those friends and they can do their own thing. You can actually um, persuade them to submit. Okay. Provided they have been awakened and they know what's, um, what they're heading for if they don't do something about it. Right, so we've set up a special website. We've had, we we made it about um, two years ago, but then the pandemic came in the way and we've been gradually adding stuff to it all this time. And now, um, yeah, it, it, the Northeast is the first uh, region to be um, targeted, then we've got the website. And if, if, if they change their mind, we can just change the name of the website and you know, to reflect another region which may be threatened. And so on this website, there will be plenty of people like, well, you, you say people don't want to reference the website specifically, but there'll be links that people can then use to reference in their consultation. Absolutely, yes. So and we'll there's no reason, there. why we should, yeah. no reason why we shouldn't do this because pro-fluoridation people who will submit will have all the good stuff handed to them or rather the bad stuff um the biased stuff handed to them yes and um, for them to do that so this is perfectly above board so this is what we do and mm -hmm. um we need people to come back to us and connect connect with us if there's anything wrong with the website if they don't understand something or it's pure poorly um phrased we want to be told so we can improve it because clearly three months is not a long time and we have to get in touch with so many people between now and the first day of the uh, public consultation. And so that website is newfc.org.uk to anybody Correct. who's only, just only listening and not watching the video, can't see the slide here. And it means then... Northeast Water Fluoridation Concerns. There we are. It's not a football club. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. And is there any more on this, on this slide? Yes, please, please contact me on my email address um, and we'll, we'll, um, my colleagues and I will endeavour to change things on that website. Or uh, and if, what's your email address for us, Joe? Oh, wmaf at live.co.uk. That's, that's short for West Midlands Against Fluoridation. Uh, before I started the um, Fluoride Free Alliance UK, I was uh, coordinating the West Midlands. But Westmans is comprehensively fluoridated, so there's very little we could do um, because we, every um, local authority we approached were just basically tied in um, to the uh, intervention and they were listening to their Public Health England um, consultants who were, how can I say, their job descriptions persuade them to support fluoridation, whether they believe it's a bad thing in private their job description says they have to support it and sponsor it so they had very little chance of getting the local authorities to... yeah that, that's a that's a key point that's why it's very important to raise awareness on this issue now 
because it will be a lot harder if they were to be successful in rolling it out anywhere. But if we can stop them before they get a chance to do anything, um, we're in a much better position here. And then thinking a bit more longer term, we could secure a water supply to at least be fluoride free free for, for many years to come. So it is quite a pivotal pivotal time in the fight against fluoride. And um, yeah, if everyone should be aware of this. And if they if they do want to know more about fluoride and the dangers of it, definitely watch the previous interviews because uh, there's yes. quite a bit to it. Yes, I mean, the, the worst thing about it is, or the non-ethical issue uh, about fluoridation is that it is a medicine. It's added to drinking water to um, increase the resistance of consumers to dental decay. Now that smacks of medicine, or the, the word is prophylactic. It's a preventative medicine, but it doesn't work. So it's a waste of money and yeah. prophylactic. Which and wasn't it, wasn't there a, a court ruling in Scotland that was related to that? <clears throat> Correct, yes. 1982, uh, Lord Judge Jauncey um, said that um, basically um, fl uh, fluoride, fluoridated water was a medicine. And after that judgment, the Scottish government decided not to have anything to do with fluoridation. So it's just England, the silly sods in England who are pushing this. Yeah, you, that's quite that's quite amazing in in of itself. So this current push isn't going to target Scotland at all. No, it might target Wales. Probably, if England will go along with it, they wouldn't stop here if they could get Wales, no doubt. Uh, if they especially they don't have something like what Scotland has, which is also very important knowledge for for everyone to have, is that they they they've is it essentially Ill illegal then to fluoridate water in Scotland? Essentially, yeah, it's amazing how that could happen literally just across the border there, but here <laughs> it somehow hasn't clicked so that it's actually really deadly, or it has clicked, but there's this corruption somewhere. So we have to step in, stop them. Yeah, I mean, we think we think Scotland's part of the United Kingdom, but it was a Scottish judgment, not a United Kingdom judgment. Yes. <clears throat> so we should be able to use that as an example somewhere. Does that that must count in some standing? Yes, yes, indeed. It's a yeah, it's a precedent we can quote. Yes. And in the New Zealand, they also decided it was a medicine, but the government just wanted to go ahead with it. And um, most of New Zealand is now threatened completely. Yeah, another interesting fact is that I guess England, Wales, Scotland, um, maybe Northern Ireland too, are like the last bastion in the Anglosphere world that are not artificially fluoridated. For some reason, they've targeted the Anglo world because Europe doesn't have it and many parts of the world don't have it. Most of the world doesn't. But USA, Canada, Ireland, Australia, New Zealand, all been all been heavily fluoridated. So that's interesting, isn't it? It is indeed. It's all very strange. English-speaking, developed world have fallen under the thrall of the United States. Yes. And they, gave, they gave us some money, in fact, in the 1960s to start the first proper fluoridation scheme in Birmingham. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, I think that's a good sort of overview of what we're looking to achieve here. The North East is being targeted. Everyone needs to focus on that. And then as soon as the public consultation gets dropped we're going to have all the information ready for people to come and answer it in the most efficient and scientific correct way correct 
Nice summary. Yes. Well, thanks for joining me, Joe. Thank you, Travis. Thank you for asking me. Goodbye. See ya.